Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her inner is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Can somebody say Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the most part, the world does not know who Jesus is. This is what I've discovered. And worst of all, they don't even know why he came. They know less about the reason of why he came. So when you want to understand Christmas, you just first of all have to diagnose and and look at the reason, the condition of mankind for God needing to send his son. The Bible says it was to save his people from their sin. The damage of sin on the psyche, the physical body, and the spirit of mankind left man in absolute poverty. I want you to hear me this morning. Because when God made the original man the first Adam, the man lacked nothing. Not finances, not a relationship with God, no healing in his body. He didn't need faith for anything. He had the presence of God around him, and the man was doing only one thing in the earth. It was fulfilling his assignment in the earth. And most of the time when we un we misdiagnose the real problem of mankind, we start calling for things and asking for things from God or, or pursuing things that has got, that's not what God is supplying or 
It's not on God's top agenda. When you understand in Christmas, you begin to understand the reason why he had to come. And he didn't send an angel or just change the earth. I mean, if your greatest need was finding a job, God can do that from heaven. If your greatest need was to be just healed in your body, God could have, he could do anything. He can send an angel, whatever you need. I mean, God can do that. The question is, why did God have to send his son? Not another prophet, not a pastor, but he had to send his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When you understand that statement, you first have to look inward and realize the damage that the sin has caused in all of our lives. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He came to preach good news or the gospel to the poor. And many people, when we speak about poverty or poor people, we speak about people who got no money. We speak about people who, or in terms of things that they have, they're staying in a good place, so they must be rich. You can have all the money in the world and still be absolutely poor, spiritually. I mean, you, could, you can go and buy a bed, but you cannot buy sleep. The things that God gave us is not really what we wanted when we speak as little kids or seeing through the eyes of, as children. We don't, the children are not really concerned about anything else but the things that they get. And many times our prayer requests goes around the things that we want from God. And we believe that the more money we have and the more things we acquire, the better life is going to be. But the truth is, we're finding people that the more they acquire, the further they move from God. Christmas and why Jesus came. God in all his wisdom has to help us define poverty accurately. What is the condition of a man that it makes it necessary for a, a holy God to leave heaven, to come down to the earth and to meet a need? What is the real need inside of us? Surely it was not only to go to heaven because if that was the case, God could have just taken you into heaven. Because the issue is sin, and sin makes us not even know who we truly are. Sin makes us forget our maker. Sin makes us forget what we were born to do. Because it gets us chasing after things, forgetting there's a reason and a purpose for why we were born. Sin brings shame, and the wages of sin is death. Sin makes us cowards. Sin brings confusion. Sin distracts us from the purpose of our existence. Christ coming to the earth, number one, means that we no longer, God no longer, heaven no longer has a sin problem. Because the sin was dealt with at the cross. God has got a sinner problem. That means there is something wrong with our psyche. There's things that are inside of us that are damaged because of sin that needs to be fixed and I want to show you something this morning that's going to bless you tremendously because when we speak about Christ 
Christ came to solve the real problem that exists within every single one of us. Sin left us broke, broken, destitute, and in poverty. And so this morning, I want to show you something concerning poverty. So poverty, when you speak about poverty, I'm not speaking to the fact that you come from a poor place. It's an effect, it's a fruit, but it's not the root. The real root issue concerning poverty is so deep. It's so deep. It'll manifest, I mean, that you don't have money in your hand, but, but it's much more than that because we're finding people's lives being destroyed. And it's a poverty state. It's a state of poverty. Listen to this. Poverty is a complicated issue that manifests itself in multiple and different ways. Solving it requires multiple and complicated responses and solutions. It's not an easy problem to tackle. Just financially, having to resolve the issue inside of every one of us concerning poverty. Just deep down inside of every single one of us. You're watching people that are poor relationally. They can't put a marriage together. You're watching people that are poor concerning their purpose. They can't walk out their purpose. You're finding this poverty on levels that we don't even be begin to grasp. I mean, not being able to can sleep at night. Not being able to can put to an idea together and run with it. That's, that's a state of poverty. It's a state of poverty. The issue runs deep, church. And I want you to see that this morning. I want to state my case and then I want to show you the solution of what is really critical for what we need to understand this morning. The reason why we're not becoming, and it's not just that you need to be saved. He came to deal with the sin issue that doesn't just take you to heaven, but goes and heals things on the inside of us, problems we never even knew that we had. There's father issues. There's your mother issues, family issues. Yes, let me continue. There is a difference between the way non-poor people describe poverty and the way poor people describe it. And I believe both are wrong. It's not enough. Because non-poor people, including those in the church, when they pull up with new cars, when they, you show them the new house and they've moved up and there's an increase in salaries and they begin to get more money, they describe it, the non-poor people, as a lack of food, money, clean water, medicine, housing, etc. So rich people would say, well, I've done something for the poor. I went and I gave them, a, I bought a bucket for a hundred rand from pick and pay and that's how we're going to solve the poor's problem. It's inadequate. It's never going to suffice. What we're trying to, the problems we're trying to solve, even if I buy you a new cell phone, even if you get a new house, even if I cancel all your debt, the problem is that even if you cancel someone's debt, they're going to go further into debt because how are they going to live? The issue runs deep. And that's why I want us to think about Christmas this morning and see Jesus differently this morning. Because the poverty issue that we're dealing with has got deep roots on the inside of us that must be spoken to and dealt with. That's the reason why Jesus is not afraid to speak about this this morning. Because this is the reason why he came. 
I submit to you that these are signs of an even larger problem. Poor people describe poverty more in psychological terms like shame, inferiority, powerlessness, humiliation, fear, hopelessness, depression, social isolation, and voicelessness. The issue concerning poverty is so deep. When you start to help people solve the problem concerning whatever the need they have, you find out how deep this rabbit hole goes. Because just buying groceries will never be enough. Having a gift, we thank you for the gift, but the gift under the tree is never going to be enough. So here's what we're saying. There is a larger problem that, is, that, that cannot be boxed into our convenient traditional definition of poverty as lack or deficit of material things. That's why Christmas becomes sometimes just, you know, the emptiest of times because you get yourself, but you're still empty on the inside. You get all the things that you wanted. You painted the house, you, you moved house, you added furniture, and yet there's still a, a deficit. There is a poverty issue that is much deeper. The mis this mismatch between outsiders' perception of poverty and the perception of poor people themselves can have devastating consequences for poverty allevi alleviation efforts. If we misdiagnose the underlying problem, we might make the situation worse in our well-intended efforts to help. In order for us to respond to poverty, we must have an understanding and a common definition. Do you have the star for me? The picture I asked you last night. We're busy writing a book on relationships this morning. We're busy to help people with relationships. And I want to introduce the concept to you this morning. Because this is the core of what we believe. Poverty is a result of broken relationships. Anytime you look at somebody who's struggling to put money together, a marriage together, their lives together, they are struggling in one of these four points. The first point right at the top, and it's all the time I have for this morning, is to speak about the first point at the top. The first point is God. God is a relational God. And I will touch on that this morning. The second point that you have on there is if somebody's walking in poverty or they can't get their lives together or finances together, the first thing I, I counsel them around this, this diagram is where's their relationship with the Lord? What does Jesus mean to you? They'll say, well, I just want a job. No, no, no. The reason why you can't hold a job together is because the one who needs to take his first place in your life is not there. The second spot, the first, the second spot is number one, relationship with God. Number two is relationship with you. How much do you love you? I know you're looking for a husband, but you can't even live with you. Why would you want another man to be miserable with you? You will prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Come on, Jesus is the lover of your... 
He never just died to take you to heaven. He number one reconnected you to God our Father. Then he then started dealing with you. Number, number three, before you can get married, you're gonna get fall in love with you first. The next one is others. Meaning a community. And that means your marriage. That means your family. That you need to get along with people. You need to understand how important this moment is. Because some people are struggling in their marriage because, and they're fighting in their marriage, not because of the partner, but they're fighting with themselves. When a man beats on a woman, he's really beating on himself. Because he's not built a relationship with himself. And you cannot enter into the promised land until you begin to see yourself the way God sees you. Not as a grasshopper. God wants you to change everything around that. Number three is a relationship with other people. There's family. The Bible speaks about blessed are those who walk in unity. When they gather together, when you come together with your family, get rid of the strife. Number four is a place. Prosperity is a place. God has got a place for you to be connected to. So many people are being chased and driven by monies and they, they stay everywhere and they'll move across the globe and they'll do anything because they're chasing after money. And yet when God made you, He made you for a certain place. In fact, God made places before He made people. He made places before He made people. When you get the place right, you'll find all of your gift come alive. And all of your life comes together. Because if anybody is struggling in this life, you look at one of these four places. Either it's with God or it's with themselves. Things happened and they're struggling to put their lives together. It's with themselves. Number three is with other people. They walk in unforgiveness or they can't let go. It's a struggle. Number four is that they're always in the wrong place. The prodigal son had to go home because he was in the wrong place. Can I preach this morning? So, what is poverty? The consequence of broken relationships, specifically with God, a spiritual intimacy, with yourself, your own dignity, with others, in a community and the rest of creation where God has given you a place to steward your gift. In other words, poverty is the result of relationships that are not working. Poverty is the absence of shalom where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. God fixes the problem Adam created in the garden by sending his son. He never gave you a job. He never gave you a wife. He never gave you a house. He never gave you a car. He gave you himself. For God so loved the world that he gave himself. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. Whosoever believes in him has a relationship with him, will never be put to shame. That's the first stop. That's why Jesus came, is to give you a relationship with him. For as many as received him, to them he gave power 
to become children of God. That you can be reconnected to God. The first thing Adam lost in the garden was his relationship with God. God gave him heaven. God gave him his presence and he lost it because of sin. And that's the first reason why Jesus came to save man from his sin. He had to give him a relationship. Poverty is a result of broken relationships. If that's the result of the reason why people are walking in poverty, then the first thing that God had to restore was fix a relationship with me and with you. So as we ponder this this morning, the first place to deal with poverty is not looking under a tree. For he has no Christmas in his heart, will never find it under a tree. John chapter 1 verse 14. The first gift is God himself. Everything that you need is found in him. John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. What a joy. You might be alone, but you're never lonely. Because God himself is with you. Come on. We beheld his glory, the the glory of of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out and said, This was he of whom he said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness, we received grace for grace. Listen to the scriptures. For the law was given. The Old Testament. Watch how impersonal it is. The law was given. God's in heaven. And he says, I'll give you somebody in the earth. I'm not going to deal with you. Deal with these people down there. And he says to Moses, here's the law. Come up here, spends 40 days, gives him the law. And the Bible says, the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came. Come on, somebody needs to bless the Lord this morning. For the grace of God that came for every single one of us. Come on, He's a personal God. God wanted a relationship because the need was not another law. The the, the need that we had was not 11 commandments and 12 commandments. We needed a relationship. For God so loved the world that He gave us a relationship. There is no law that will make your life right. Law just stirs up sin. You need somebody to be connected to. And his name, come on, somebody say Jesus. So poverty is a result of broken relationships. And as human beings, at the very core of who we are, we are a relational people. That's the reason why, you know, some of the greatest blessings comes from being connected to the right people. And some of the greatest challenges come because you're connected to the wrong people. But we were made for relationships. We can't escape it. We are relational to the very core of who we are. And there's some people that, I mean, you know, Christmas Day, you don't have a choice. Here comes Uncle Johnny. And he's not walking alone. You get what I'm saying? 
We were made to relate and we need relationships. Yet most people are stuck in life because they don't have, they struggle to navigate relationships. Some people stop praying because they're struggling with issues all around them that relationships have brought and they feel like they're dealing with a brass heaven. But because of Jesus Christ, you are no longer stuck. You are no longer stuck in anything anymore. Why? Because grace and truth has come. You have an open heaven. Glory be to Jesus. Here's what you need to know. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is a person and his name is Jesus. The law makes demands of you, but grace and truth came to you. That tells us that this grace is not for Christians only. Grace is for every single one of us. For God so loved the world, church, not just Christians. For God so loved the world. There is a big difference between sending a gift and delivering it personally. The law was hard and cold, written on stone and filled with wrath and anger, but the gift of grace came through Jesus Christ, wrapped with the Father's love. You are no longer under a curse. You are no longer under poverty because you are dealing with the grace of God and what you needed was a relationship. Please say amen this morning. When Jesus came, he came to give you everything concerning his life. Hear, hear, hear this today. You cannot build prosperity on a poverty foundation. For people that struggle their whole lives to build a career or to go and build something that stands, you, 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 your foundation is wrong. Everything that Christ came to do, He came to change the foundation that you can live under. When you go back to the book of, of, of Samuel, you understand when David became king, David could not even enter into the palace until Jonathan connected with him. Jonathan took off his coat, Jonathan stripped himself and gave David what he needed to live in the palace. Because you cannot live in that place with a poverty mentality. Please hear today the scriptures and hear the word of the Lord this morning. Many of you are struggling and you're fighting for the wrong thing. It is when Christ came that he came to give you and I a new foundation to live on. He came, he stripped himself. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. And he stripped himself so that through, his, he became poor that through his poverty we might become rich. He's, he, he gave us heaven so that we can walk in prosperity and have a mindset of royalty. That's why the, the, the wise men came looking for what? A king. They came looking for a king because he never came as a politician because then you have to buy and you know the politician's colors and have their name on. He came to make you and set you back in your rightful place as a royal family. 
Can somebody give a royal wave this morning and say, I know who I am. Come on, I know who I am. Because He made you righteous. He changed the foundation of all mankind that when we get out from our family we step into his family that's why when he said to Moses who shall I say has sent me he says you say I am sent me what is I am whatever you I am whatever you need this morning God is the I am he will meet you at your point of need whatever you need this morning you belong to a different family you got to put your head up high you got to walk as royalty you got to Remember that you like nobody else. You anointed for service. You are child of the King. You can give a royal wave this morning and say, I know who I am. I know who I am. My foundations have shifted. I can't build my life on the poverty that I come from. You're going to have to be connected to somebody who's rich. That's why Megan will never be broke another day in her life. Why? She married into royalty. And when you married into royalty, who are you? You're like no one else. Your name changed. Because deep down inside of you, the things you're fighting about is because you think about your DNA, your history, where you come from, generational curses, and all that goes with it. No child of God, when you got born again, you are dealing with the finished works of Christ. You are not an ordinary child anymore. You are not just like anybody anymore. You can lift your head up high. No curse can rest in your house. No sickness and disease can stay in your home. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is a fresh foundation. Come on, somebody say, Prosperity is mine. You can no longer speak about poverty. Looking for money. No more. I don't see Prince Charles going out one day to work. Because he's a receiver of every blessing. You don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. Christ came to change the very core of who we are. You have a name change. Our lives have never been the same again. I tell you, in all my years, I tried to quit drinking. I couldn't. Gambling, I couldn't. Until Christ took me off from the poverty foundation that I come from and He put my life upon the rock. Is there anybody that God did a life change inside of you that you know this morning? Like you know, you have a name change. John 5.39, I'm almost done. John 5.39, when you study the scriptures, every single scripture speaks to this day of who Jesus is. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. People are studying the word, so I know this. I know the Bible back to front. I, I read from cover to cover, the whole scripture, all of the scripture, and these are they which testify of who? Every single scripture, every single book in the Bible, is testifying about of Jesus Christ, of this day. Please hear it today. In Genesis. Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. 
In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he is the loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, He's the fourth man in life's fiery furnace. You know, in Hosea, he is the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is the mighty to save. In Jonah, he's our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elector. In Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist, crying, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, he's our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain opened up in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man, feeling what you feel. In John, he is the Son of God. In Acts, He is the Savior of the world. In Romans, He is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, He is the rock that followed Israel. In 2 Corinthians, He is the triumphant one giving victory. In Galatians, He is your liberty. He sets you free. In Ephesians, He is the head of the church. In Philippians, He is your joy. In Colossians, He is your completeness. In First and Second Thessalonians, he is your hope. In Timothy, he is your faith. In Second Timothy, he is your stability. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Titus, he is truth. In Hebrews, he is your perfection. In James, he is the power behind your faith. In First Peter, he is your example. In Second Peter, he is your purity. In First John, he is your life. In Second John, he is your pattern. In third John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. In Revelation, he is your soon coming king. Shout! Glory! He is the first and the last. The beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, 
and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. Herod could not kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't, couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The New Age can't replace him. And Oprah can't explain him away. He is light. He is love, longevity and Lord. He is goodness, kindness, greatness and God. He's holy, righteous, mighty, powerful and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging and His mind is on me. He is my Redeemer. He is my Savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord and He rules my life. His name is called Emmanuel. God with us, shout yes. Give Him glory, come on. Give Him glory, give Him glory. Give Him glory, give Him glory, give Him glory. Bless His holy name. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your praise. I said He's worthy of your praise. Hallelujah. Now let's end. Many people boast about who they know. They take selfies. I got a picture with this one. And this guy's number is on my phone. Did you see? Honey, it's not whose number you've got. It's who answers when you call. Someone's going to bless the Lord. <laughs> come on, his name is. Come on, his name is. His name is. He says, you call upon my name. You ask the Father anything in my name and I'll give it to you. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's the relationship. Come on, somebody in this church. You know what? I watch how people in the world like to name drop. Is there anybody in this church that can name drop? Call him. Say, say, I, I, I know, I know, I know. Jesus. Come on, do some name dropping this morning. Come on, do some name dropping. Come on, somebody. Let, let your neighbor know. High five them and say, I know, I know Jesus. I have a relationship with Jesus I have a relationship with Jesus all the peace that you need is in Him all the thing you're looking for it's found in the breakthrough you're looking for someone needs to call upon the name of the Lord this morning I know it's Christmas morning but I feel there's got to be a celebration in this house I feel somebody is going to shout and give him glory give him some glory give him glory 
Give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Tell your neighbor, I don't want to brag. But uh, God is my father. days of you begging are over. Why? The stuff that you're looking for is not under the tree. It's the one who hung on the tree. He said, abide in me and let my word abide in you. And you can ask Whatever you need, whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. The first place to break the spirit of poverty is knowing Him. build wealth on a foundation of poverty. You cannot have, please, if you've had a divorce or you've been through whatever challenge you've been through, come back to Christ to heal you because you'll mess up the next relationship as well. God's grace is upon anybody who's got divorced. That's not the problem. The problem is, are you going to go to the next one and the next one and the next one and think that they're the problem or are you going to look down inside and say, actually, the woman had five lovers and Jesus had to tell her that. And even the man that you're staying with is not even your husband. She was walking around with an empty bucket. man. Christ never came to give you a job. Jobs will come once this is healed, the first one. You'll have offers from the whole world looking for you. You will end up in the right field, ask Ruth, and you will meet with Boaz, and you will treat him, not like where you come from, but from who you are. Let me say, ah, One John four seventeen. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> this is the sweetest thing for me, man. This is the most amazing thing for me. That as he is so am I in this world what kind of relationship is that there's not one religion that can tell you that their God came people are crying out to God God where are you where are you Christianity is the only religion 
where the one being worshipped is in the worshipper. God with us. God's not a shout away, He's a whisper away. You're walking around with because it's Emmanuel, God with us. What an awesome God. That if there's no, if there's no poverty in heaven, how can there be poverty on earth? Not in you. Oh, but pastor, you don't know where I come from. What's it got to do with the fact that Christ died for you? You keep looking to your own family name and that foundation is full of poverty. Marriages, finances, health, all of that is the broken foundation. The foundation you're looking for is being in Christ. For if any man or woman be in Christ, they become a new creation where all things have passed away and all things have become new. You're entering into a new season of increase, open doors. You are ending this decade by shutting the door to all kinds of poverty. The day of you walking around with a poverty mindset with the wrong people, not fulfilling your purpose, this is the last Sunday in your life. We're shutting that door of poverty for good. I can tell you the strength that you need, the anointing that you need is found in Jesus Christ. It's the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. Let me tell you, having known that Christ came for a relationship, the next relationship is with you. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But I want to say this to you. The wise men came to an inn. It did not bother them where Jesus was. It wasn't in the Hilton. All the other places closed. Why? What, was, what is God's meaning and thinking behind that? Is that it does not matter how low you be. Doesn't matter how, where you were born, the family you were born into. God will take you out of a low place and do something with your life. The rejection you've been feeling, hear me today, as you go home, the next step is to now open up your heart and say, God, the pornography I'm stuck struggling with. Open up your soul. The lust I'm dealing with. The greed. The depression. The fear. The suicidal thoughts. That all has a root of poverty. The Bible speaks about it's the love of God. That when it comes on the inside of you, it sets you free become all that God has called you to be. People are amazed at what God did with my life because of where I come from. It was love, honey. Because everything that love touches, love changes. For God so loved the world. 
perfect love casts out fear. The day of you walking around fear in fear to anyone or anything is over today. I said it's over today. You will live and not die. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day.